Welcome to Blightbringers, a Dragon's Host, Ravens of War, and Shadowflame Shard-focused podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nate, and joining me this week is Ryan. What's up, Ryan? You know, things and stuff. Also, I'm here, and uh, Shadowflame looks dope as fuck. Love that. Yes. <laughs> uh, we Alrighty. also have a special guest, air quotes? Uh, the current Orgoth world champion and master of the faction, uh, Eric Akers. Eric, how you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. I don't know about master of the faction, but I'll I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, you, you're definitely you the, the one with the most skill. <sighs> okay, all right, all right. Would you take the title Menace of the Midwest? I mean that that sounds pretty that sounds pretty dope. I like that. Yeah, I I give that to you. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, if this is a vote, you got mine as well. So, uh, that you that you're just that's gonna be your thing now instead of JVM, just Menace of the Midwest or MOM. Yeah, I like it. We'll start we'll start calling you mommy. This is, this is a good plan. <laughs> sure. This has uh, unintended consequences. I did not foresee that being this <laughs> Right? We don't have mommy issues on this show. This is fine and normal and definitely not a thing anyone should look into. It's it's totally good. Don't worry about it. Oh, goodness. All right. Uh, so thank you. Yeah, thank you to all our listeners. Obviously, uh, we've been not as consistent with releases uh, as we would have liked since the beginning of Mark IV, but thank uh, thank you all of you for sticking with us, and we're excited to be getting this out to you again. Uh, Ryan, do we want to move on to news and announcements? Sure, uh, but first I would uh, like to echo that. For everyone still listening, thanks for listening. We do appreciate it. Uh, and for anyone who's not listening, you're dead to me, and I don't care about you. Uh, you won't hear this, but you'll know it in your heart, and I think that's the important part. Big shout out to More Than Dice for uh, quickly allowing us to switch our hosting. Uh, so you'll find us in that feed now instead of in the uh, line of sight feed. Um, so tell all your friends who you know who listen to Playbringers, this is where you find us now. Also, uh, thanks to uh, Tried and True, uh, they shouted us out like three times on their last cast, and we're like, oh, those guys are great. Welcome back. That's awesome. That was really nice of them, and they didn't have to do that. So, yeah. right back at you, guys and girls. Yeah. Those folks are uh, a delight, for sure. They're good people, except Paul. Yeah. Paul is only decent people. I had a great game against Paul at Boker Brawl. Oh, so did I. But he slapped yeah. the sh- he slapped the ever loving out of me. You can't be good people if you're going to beat me that badly. It's just not how this works. Uh, moving on to news and announcements. Um, I know that uh, Ryan and Eric and I were fortunate enough to be at the Boker Brawl about what now two three weeks ago at this point. Um, no, a couple weeks, yeah. Yeah, and there uh, we. We're able to see and learn many things about Shadowflame Shard. That is the name of the army coming out for the Chimera faction and saw some really cool art revealed for that. And, yeah, it, uh, it was super dope. The, oh, yeah. what the heck was it called? The Vipatrex? Like, yeah, the, that thing the looks Vipac. awesome. And there was like a model that looked like a Hydralisk from StarCraft. It was awesome. 
Art imitates life. That's it's just super cool. Also, I don't remember the name of it. The medium based dude with like the giant chain sword things. Like, give me yes. Like, give me a unit of yeah. that. I'm in board. That's amazing. Yeah, um, definitely check out uh, Warm Hordes General, and I think somebody posted all of them to the Legion channel and probably the Chimera channel on Trash Cord. So you can check those out if you want to get the additional art. Uh, uh, we they'll also be in the show team. notes because that's a thing that oh, I'm going to try to do. That's the thing we can do. Way cool. Yeah. Uh, there's also a big update to the release schedule and the timeline. Uh, so it looks like we are getting all the army expansions this month, which is pretty cool. And finally. <laughs> yeah. They, they so have- Orgoth. Storm Legion and Winter Core all coming out in May, and then all of their 80 millimeter bases coming out next month in June. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Dusk has been pushed back again, so Starter Army released next month, and then Expansion, um, Individual Warlocks, and, or Warjacks and Warcasters, and then 80 millimeter Solo, basically later over the summer. Yeah, they they definitely had to push some things back. Uh, they, I guess they said it was more so so that they didn't try to rush to catch up. Uh, so, like, Brine Blood's got their thing, and they didn't want to, like, risk having to rush them and Shadow Flame, so everything just got pushed back. Uh, this is not the first time this has happened. It probably won't be the last. Eh, it's a thing. What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm... At this point, they're doing a good job of uh, continuing the development with legacy stuff as well. So I'm, I don't know, I'm not minding it. I am real excited about next month, though, when the uh, app finally has like uh, list export function, like export to a PDF, Yep. Uh, which would be pretty rad and really easy for those of you who travel to events and just want to like print your army list ahead of time. For sure. Yep. Uh, anything else exciting on the horizon? I think, oh, I think the Chimera stuff is supposed to be landing in the fall. Like, October is when it starts rolling out. Yep. So, I think it's October is going to be the core box. Uh, then November, December, January is, like, the army box, the expansion, and their unnamed and unknown 80 millimeter. Um, yeah. Obviously, date subject to change, because that's how this works. Yeah. But it just means that, you know, beginning of the year, new faction. New year, new faction. Yeah. And I do believe the deadline is uh, the end of the year. Um, All models are going to be in Unlimited. Like, they're all going to have rules by the end of this year. Yeah. And uh, I guess, what was the other one that I thought was neat? Uh, Gargantuans and Colossals are getting added back in in September? August, September, I think Yeah, I think August or September. Yeah, which should be pretty cool. Um, I have heard some, you know, some rumblings about uh, some Legion gargantuans that are coming along, or and uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm just curious how they're going to do it with uh, the battle groups now instead of battle group points. Uh, I wonder if it's going to mm. be like a gargantuan counts as two, or maybe that's like all three. Uh, in a hundred point game. Yeah, that's a good point actually. I hadn't thought about that with the the different sizes. Yeah, uh, was I'll... pretty excited um, on the Minority Report cast that just dropped. Uh, Steve Rabideau, one of the organizers of the Boker Brawl, said that next year 
the big base brawl might be the whatever it is like grand melee where you get three huge bases for free if you're playing a, an army that has them so oh that's... that would be super awesome take three huge bases now build your army good luck yeah that'll sure. be interesting oh. Um, and speaking of the Boker Brawl, uh, all three of us, as I mentioned earlier, were there. So we wanted to talk about our experiences, uh, and I think we're going to kick that off by talking about what we all did on Friday. Um, Eric, do you want to kick it off and start? So uh, I play, So this this was my first time, obviously, uh, attending the Boker Brawl. Uh, I've wanted to for for quite a while, but just never worked out with all obviously the other end of the year um events so now that this was the first year they got moved um and obviously to a to a better time i was able to obviously you know make the time and schedule to get out there so that was super exciting for me uh and on friday like i said we i played in the um what was it the big base bounty brawl whatever it was called uh the big booty bounty brawl yeah the big booty bounty brawl bbbb Yes, yeah, so that event, <laughs> uh, I'll, because I just wanted to, I was like, like I said, first time being there, wanted to try something, you know, a little more fun and not just playing the sweaty qualifier. So played in that, and like I said, I had a, had a, had a great time, you know, met some, met some uh, new players, you know, new people, got to play in some cool, like, you know, got a, got a bunch of uh, prize support, got, a, got myself another set of defenses out of the deal. So uh, that was pretty sweet. And... Um, yeah, like I said, I had, had a bunch of great games. You know, we played four games um, and ended up obviously – I won my heat on um, in that and got a, another uh, – I got a Kador Army Box out of the deal. So Ooh, that, was, nice. that was cool, yeah. Way cool. And Ryan, how about you? Uh, I showed up and brought Legion uh, because, you know, doing what I do. Uh, ended up going three and one in my heat. Yeah, that sounds right. Uh, shout out to Steve King for beating me, then beating like two other people from my area before hitting Cody and just like barely losing. So apparently that dude is like the bane of like the Buffalo meta. Uh, but <laughs> otherwise, uh, I ended up pulling a Signar box out of the prizes. Uh, I got a set of defenses. I got a couple other things. Uh, and then... Uh, one of my local guys is trading me. He bought a dusk box for me, and I gave him the signar box. So really, I'm getting a dusk box out of it, uh, which will help nice. with nice. you know new stuff. So that's super cool. Uh, but yeah, a uh, fun part of the Friday for me was I scored a grand total in four games of two control points, and like I think 36, 37 army points destroyed. Uh, because it turns out Vale won really good at just assassinating people. Uh, Angel, yeah. Angel go zoom and casters just die. It is probably we're, we're not okay. 30, were 30 of your 37 army points destroyed casters? Uh, I mean, there's two games where army points destroyed was 10. So I think I literally killed nothing except their caster and whatever I needed to to get to their caster. Uh, shame you can't still win Mage Hunter. You would have had it. I would have. It would have been great. Yeah. I, I went the exact opposite with that, actually. I'd, I had over... Uh, 400 some odd army points destroyed in four rounds. It was it was ridiculous. I, I, I my first round opponent, I completely tabled them to the last man. I did the uh, no witnesses 
So I killed every single model on the side of the table. And then the next round played against Infernals. So like, you know, you know how that goes. So I had like over a hundred and some odd, you know, thirty some odd army points destroyed at the end of that game. Yeah, you win the Infernals game, and you're like set on tie breaks for the rest of the event. <laughs> yeah, it was it was yeah. pretty nuts how many army points destroyed I had that that, that tournament. Yeah, um, and Eric, you mentioned no witnesses. Uh, obviously, for those of you who have not attended the Boker Brawl. Uh, one of the best things about the event on Friday is on the back of your army sheet, there's like four tiers of bounties, and which are like little in-game achievements. Things like uh, win with a fully painted army, roll like trip sixes, roll trip ones, uh, assassinate your opponent's caster with your caster, like that kind of stuff. And each one of those corresponds to a tier, like a different level of prizes uh, as Seth and Steve and the, the NJSOBs always put on a great show and have like a super well-stocked prize table. Yeah, uh, so like the tier one bounties this year, there was four of them. Uh, was win by third tiebreaker, army points destroyed. Uh, win 5-0 on scenario before turn three. Three, yeah. Uh, mercenary solo kills the opponent's caster or just lose all of your games in a tournament. Like, that was your, yep. you get, like, the high-end prizes for that, which was, like, I think Seth had, like, two guard towers, two or three of them. He had defenses. He had a bunch of stuff that PP had sent him, as well as just, like, yeah. so many different boxes for factions from, like, jacks and units and uh, huge bases and starter boxes and every other friggin' thing you can think of. Mini crates and, like, Oh, so many alt sculpt models. Battle. Yeah. Like, prize table is, like, 15 feet long. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I I think you could show up and walk away with like your dollar value of the ticket and prizes, like without trying oh, yeah. very hard at all. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Um, I uh, am the resident sweaty tryhard, so I played in the qualifier <laughs> on Friday. Uh, I had a great time as well. I played three really really fun games. Got a uh, great game against uh, I think Brayden was one of my opponents uh, fellow who's on the just on the minority report uh, cast I played against Sean who uh, Eric I think you might have met him actually he was at Adepticon he's like a very new player and was playing uh, he like went to LVO and like got top four uh, after, and it was like his first event uh, so he was playing Veil 1, so I had uh, a lot of fun with that game. And then finally, uh, round three, Jake, uh, a.k.a. JBM, and I played for uh, the bragging rights and the qualifier points on top table, and I lost a very close game to him. I think I lost 16 CPs to 18 CPs on bottom of seven. Jeez. Yeah, so it was a really, really good one. Um, again, uh, Veil 1. And I played Grimkin uh, for the entire weekend, which is basically what I've been doing all year. So, uh, But even even I, playing in the IG qualifier, managed to walk away with, like, I think I got uh, I got myself a Blightedness Scather crew, the only Legion model that I do not own. Uh, uh, they're actually well, pretty now good now, by the way. Yeah, it turns out they're pretty good now. Yeah. Uh, and I got like a, a Gremlin Swarm, and I picked up, I think, two envelopes with Chimera spoilers in them. Because that was what I was going for. 
Yeah, I got none of the spoilers, uh, although I really wanted to get one, just because, like, last year, uh, Rick was like, if you get a spoiler, don't open it, give it to me, I'll eat it. And I was like, this is a good plan. Uh, And then I ended up getting, like, the last spoiler, and Seth was like, okay, I know what's in this, but I can't say it, so it's up to you. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, And then, like, Rick's staring at me, and I'm like, Seth, I told Rick he could eat it, and he's just like, don't, like, you can do whatever you want with it, but please don't do that. He's like... Uh, somebody at PP who gave it to us is going to be really upset if I'm like, oh yeah, the other spoiler didn't get spoiled because this was the one you were excited about, and uh, somebody ate it. So I really wanted to win one this year and be like, (laughs) okay, if it's a troll one or something I don't care about, I'm just going to be like, Rick, here you go, eat it. You get to to have one this year. But then I started seeing the uh, Black Flame Shard? Shadow Flame Shard? Yeah, Shadow Flame Shard, yeah. Yeah, I I started seeing them and I was like... Yeah, I was like, Rick, ahead, you, yeah. you, you can't eat these. And he's just like, but why? I'm like, no. I'm like, if it's a troll blood one, I don't care. Eat that. But I'm like, if it's any of the things I care about and you eat it, I'm going to be so upset at you. I really wish that you had told me that, because I totally would have fed Rick one of the spoilers <laughs> just to say do it. <laughs> the funny part is, I don't remember, I think it was on the Bo cast, or it might have been Tried and True or something, uh, like Travis was on and was like oh yeah you know everybody shared the spoilers and it was a great team attitude and like nobody like tried to hoard it for themselves and i'm just sitting here like the meme of like spongebob in the background like yes nobody did anything stupid this was definitely (laughs) intentional yeah um yeah but spoilers were a lot of art and like concept art for i think two two war beasts like one or two solos and two units from Shadow Flame Shard, which is the the Chimera army, as we mentioned earlier. Yep. And then we saw a bunch of stuff from the uh, Southern Creels faction. So the... stuff that the faction that like Brian Blood Marauders is a part of. There was a a pig unit that shoot harpoons with electric eels wrapped around them. Like I think they're called like pig zappers or something like that they looked awesome they had like a proxy uh, model for like a their blimp thing which i think yeah, is gonna be cavalry and an insider yeah and it was like a lego like uh it was like a lego hot air balloon yeah. with like a pirate in the little basket and everyone's like what is this a proxy for and like people were guessing um they had like yeah. the possible magnus spoiler release thing um, oh yeah yep uh and then the troll character war beast that looked like cthulhu crab oh yeah mr crabs yes that dude looked awesome though he looked like a crab kraken hybrid crab people like yeah crab people like jake everything eventually turns to crab even trolls eventually that's how the world works yeah carcinization is real y'all look it up (laughs) it's true the grand final evolution of this life is crab yep um yeah Uh, so okay so how did you do in the qualifier what was like your final uh i ended up taking second in the qualifier oh there you go yeah so had a really yeah it was a really good really good weekend really fun time and every every game now that i get to play with jake is always uh always a delight and yeah, I feel like I feel better now because I still lose to Jake all the time, but like <laughs> I give him really hard games and sometimes I win. So, it's be- it's better than it used to be. I mean, we're slowly moving up in the world and I'm proud of you for that. Yep. Slowly but surely. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. 
Um, all right, so then Friday, uh, singles events. So, uh, oh, and what was the, um, I know we were talking about it earlier, I think pre-recording. What was the turnout total? We had come up with the number. Uh, it was it like was two flights of 16 for the yeah, big Friday. booty bounty brawl. And then there was eight for the IG. So 40 yeah. people for yeah, singles. 40. Yeah, 40 people, yeah. plus obviously the people playing in the narrative event, but... Oh, yeah, the they're, narrative they're... Event. yeah, the narrative event looked awesome, too, uh, for uh, any... Adam yeah, was for playing anybody. No, oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think he played in it. Uh, it's the guy from uh, War Budgies, who's a... Uh, I think he runs, like, a, a YouTube channel. Um, he has that really good, like... Mimi video all about Death Jack. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's actually super funny. Um, but uh, he, I think he's been like doing some stuff with PP where he's like writing uh, Warcaster campaigns and stuff like that. And I think he helped write the narrative scenario that was at Adepticon, I almost want to say. The, uh, I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and Eric, you and I were both at Adepticon, and we were kind of talking pre-recording. It looked like the Poker Ball in total had about double the people yeah. as Adepticon. So it was, yeah, it was a really good turnout and about the same number of teams as last year. So I think around about 60 or so playing. In yeah, the there was event. 12 teams, about 60. I think one team had somebody canceled at the last minute, and they couldn't find yep. a Merc, so they think it might have been 59. 59, yeah. But, like, yep. was still really good. That's the heck of a turnout for, for this year, for sure. Yeah, I think I mean, it was as many teams as were there last year, which I also, it, it was quite delightful to have two poker, poker brawls within six months of each other. Oh, I'm actually quite excited because if you think about it, in six months, oh no, dang it. There's not no, going to be another. Place. That's not how that works. Yeah. That's not how that works. We're just going to make Seth. That it was. We're just going to make Seth do this every six months. Oh man, this happened only once before, uh, I think, and it was like the first time that Captain Con fired. Uh, Temple Con was still happening, so Captain Con happened in August, and then Temple Con stopped. So Captain Con happened in August, and then again in February. So it happened within like yeah, like six months of each other. I think it also happened once with like Indie Storm too. Yeah, it might have. Man. Poor Indie Storm. What a what a convention that like never quite got off the ground. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Yeah, real unfortunate. I think Eric, that was the first time you and I met. Was an Indie Storm? Uh, it might have been. I, mean, I know it's the first time you and I teamed together. Yeah, yeah, we squatted up with uh, Scott, who I don't think plays anymore because he's like getting a PhD or something. Yeah, but... yeah, I haven't seen Scott in in a few years. Yeah. Yeah, I was chatting with him the other day. He's doing well and is still like, he was excited to hear that like poker went well and that a lot of people are showing up and he's like rooting for the game. So yeah. I think he might come back in. He has a new Kador starter, but he hasn't uh, like gotten any games in because he yeah. just doesn't have time at the moment. Yeah, definitely do miss, do miss that guy. Him and him yeah. and uh, Collins. I miss Collins a lot too. Oh, yeah. That dude is, like, one of the legendary uh, characters of this game, I feel like. Yeah. Like, is, I feel like the good flowchart uh, is, like, are you going to be a character? Is your name Chuck? If your name is Chuck, then you're going to be a character. Yeah. Whether you that's, want to be or not. That's about yeah. it. Yep. 
Um, all right, so then, yeah, uh, we had 12, 12 teams total for the team event, which was Saturday and Sunday. Um, again, for anyone who hasn't been to Boker Brawl before, team event runs uh, like WTC style, which means you play a round, you break for lunch. You play another two rounds, you break for dinner, and that's it. You play like three rounds a day tops, and then the next day you play the last one to two rounds. So... And at the end um, of that first day, uh, you also go drink heavily and play Captain Sonar, which is like the yeah, entire yeah. point of going. Yes. <laughs> Ryan, were you there when Brad uh, he said... Brad's explanation Captain of Captain Sonar, Sonar is the greatest well, thing ever. Do yeah, you like Battleship? Do you like Battleship? Do you like losing your voice? If the answer to those questions is yes, you'll love Captain Sonar. Fantastic mm -hmm. game. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay, um, so team event. Uh, it was Friday. Uh, do you, you want to go over teams and lists and shit real quick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, you want to go first? You can go first. I can go first. You can go first. Um, sure. So I think a bunch of us had, had kind of gotten together. Um, and Eric, I know last year you were with uh, Cody and Billy and them. Uh, some more of the Buffalo area crew. And I think you and I both kind of jumped in with them and said we were going to squad up. And we sort of took a poll and said, like, who wants to be on, like, Team team Try Hard? And then who wants to be on, like, Team Fun? Uh, so Ryan and Eric ended up on Team Try Hard. Uh, and I ended up on Team Fun with uh, Rick Coe, um, Adam Mori, uh, John... Decker? Is Decker how you say his name? Uh, technically, yes, but if you ever call him that, you're just wrong. His name is Boker. Uh, people okay. come to the Boker Brawl to meet the Boker. That's just how this works. Yeah, John, John Boker, a.k.a. Uh, the Meme King of War Machine. Um, is. Uh, Les uh, Dunlap and myself teamed up. A uh, bunch of really, really great guys. Uh, we had Rick playing Wintercore with uh, Barnova and then uh Ilari? yeah who's who's the other guy boris yeah, yeah. boris and he had boris and natasha as his pair um boris his boris list was really cool too he had like eight heavies in it or something insane like oh, yeah. that it, it, was, it was four dire wolves four great bears and then support yeah it was pretty dope looking um less ran uh Ostrum and i think uh not mad hammer who's the other one uh, uh gordon Yes, Gordon. Yeah, Austin Gordon. Yep, Austin yeah. Gordon in Rule Guard. Uh, John played Kolgrima and Berka in Storm of the North. And then Adam played, like, Sorsha 3, and I want to say... Uh, uh, what's his name? I, it um, did he play Hark a run? No, yeah, 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 Hark in uh, Wintercore, and I played uh, Old Witch and Wanderer in Grimkin. So... Pretty pretty solid group. Um, you want me to go through my whole whole thing? I mean, do you um, want to go through? Uh, well, we'll do list first, yeah. and then we'll go through round by round and how we did. How's that? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Uh, so then, me and Eric were on the other team uh, with Cody Demon, uh, Mike Garber Garberini. I I was gonna fuck up his last name. I had to take a second to think about it, and then uh, Andy Cash. Uh, I was running Legion, uh, Vale 1 and Lila 3. Um, 
Let's see, I actually have the lists here. Thank uh, you, thank you, Ryan, for ensuring sled girl representation in the event. I, I had to do yeah. it. So yeah, a bunch of people were will playing Lilith One, uh, and I literally looked at it beforehand and was like, "Huh, Orgoth looks scary. What can they not do right now?" I'm like, "They don't have magic weapons. Do they have Ilusite? They have a ton of Ilusite." Yep, nope, we're going a little three so that I have a drop into lady that just assassinates you top of two. Yeah, like, Kishar. Yeah, like, nope, we're, we're going to have an answer to that nonsense. Uh, and it turns out it worked, because I had to play into her twice, and I had to drop Lilith once, and despite not knowing the rules and kind of cheating, uh, I still won. Did you shoot with models inside of Windwall? Is that what uh, you did? No. So I was playing, this was in the singles event, it was against Chris uh, Gun Gunther? Yep. I hope oh, I'm yeah, pronouncing yeah. his last name right. Um, yes, you are. Okay. Yep. Um, he went forward, I went forward, and I tried to assassinate him, and I think I left her alive. Oh no, he couldn't drop her into me, he ended up dropping Horkush. Uh, and, like, we went forward and it ended up with, like, me going for an assassination, getting, like, two angels on him at some point, uh, and then trying to shoot him to death, and I left him alive on, like, six, uh... And then we played out a little bit more, and I was like, Lilith has dual attack, this is fine. And he's like, yeah, that's the symbol for dual attack. I'm like, cool. So I'm gonna go here, where I'm definitely engaged by, like, two of your idiots and a jack, and I'm just gonna shoot him three more times, and hey, look, he died, I win. Uh, and then I got told the next day by him and Eric, when they are like, hey, you know you cheated yesterday? I'm like, I did what now? They're like, yeah, yeah, dude, like, she doesn't have gunfighter, you can't do that. I'm like, I forgot they differentiated that rule. Fuck. Yeah, it's especially tough <laughs> with uh, battle engines, because I think every everybody is used to doing that with their battle engines, and you can't do it anymore. Yeah, definitely Gun didn't realize that. A rare rule now. Yeah, yeah. Gunfighter is a very rare rule. Hundred percent didn't realize that was a thing. Like it never clicked in my head that they they differentiated them. So it was like, oh yeah. well, I feel like a dick. <laughs> ah. Everybody's but, still figuring it out. It's all good. Yeah, Chris was cool about it. I just, I felt like an ass. Uh, but regardless. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so team event. Uh, I'm running Legion. Uh, Andy was running Baldwin and Sylvestro in Crucible Guard. Uh, Cody had Zat and Amo for Infernals. Uh, Mike had Lucant and Orion. Uh, and then Eric uh, had Horkush. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was a second list on his pair. I just don't think he ever planned on using it. Uh, no. I I am firmly in the camp of I don't want to play Kishtar. So it's uh, Haruska ride or die. That's basically what it what it comes down to until Sabras comes out. Kishtar's best uh, drop is on your tray. Exactly. People are people are scared to death of her, and she looks real scary from the side of the table. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I remember Mike playing into her at one point and being like, yeah, I walked forward like four inches and had a bunch of shield guards and thought I was safe, and then I wasn't safe, and I learned real quick that it turns out none of the things that I thought were true were true. Like, ah, well, learning experience. Yeah, I think he said he got assassinated on like four, a four or five camp with yeah. the con. he just got murdered. Why? Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. She just beats and throws dice at you. Yup. Yep. The okay. modern day Lilith too, I think. Yeah, pretty much, uh, just with yeah. you know much better guns, which is weird to say because Ravagors at the time were like bonkers. Well, they were yeah, 
I'm I am firmly in the camp that uh, I think Orgoth is probably the best shooting Mark IV faction currently. Yep, I, I would buy that. Agreed. Jackals yeah. are ridiculous for their price. Yeah, having yeah. having base hunter heads and quad bolt throwers and yeah, belcher guns. Like, yeah, like all of their shooting out options are very accurate and ignore a lot of things they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Yep. I don't know who's worse, them or Carly Cannon crew. That's another one. That oh, just, I hate that that exists. <laughs> Carly Cannon crew, you have to play trenchers. Like, sure, it's... it just casually mercs your caster like top of two, and there's yeah. not a lot you can do about it. Have you had to play into uh, Damiano with the steelheads yet? No, not yet. I hear oh, it's nasty man. as well. All the all the weapon crews are amazing, and they all cost like three points. And Deadeye got changed to be a one cost spell that affects a single model. Oh, so Donny yeah. sits back, gives money shot to one weapon crew, and then casts like Deadeye on the other three, and it just costs him three focus every turn. And every weapon crew is like boosted shots. It's ridiculous. Wonderful. Oh baby. Yeah, the cannons knock you down, and then the volley gun like lights you up because it has volume fire, and then the artillery, like it's absurd. It shoots so far. Yeah, weapon. Yeah, turns out back to the Scather crew, right? Weapon crews really good in Mark IV. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, yeah. That wasn't on my uh, bingo card for the year, but here nope. we are. Not on mine either. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so um, round one. Uh, I don't remember team names. Which is, you know, my bad. Uh, well, we just played the Minority Report team. Was it was Minority Report round one? Yeah, we played Minor- yeah. Minority Report round one. Okay, I'm going to rely on yeah. you for team and names. I think I, the I name of their team, if I'm going to go out on a limb here, was probably Minority Report. That doesn't sound right. I, I mean, it might have been. I don't, I'm not entirely sure. I just know that it was the, my, my, the Minority Report team. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so, I... You wanna, Eric? You wanna talk about the pairing process because you had a lot more to do with this than I did. Uh, I was just kind of captain in name only. I, I, mean, I handed Cody, in paperwork. Yeah, so Cody and I did a lot of the the pairing process and whatnot, and we kind of went into it where uh, I, like I said, I probably had the most experience of anyone on the team as far as just like playing, you know, playing a, a volume of games. So. Just kind of knowing knowing what was out there and and you know knowing the kind of what plays well into what um, and uh, so I, I was more so like even for myself and probably even Cody we were probably less matchup dependent and more like trying to gun for specific players on teams mm-hmm. uh, just to sort of get us into those matchups and then more so like working on. Um, uh, yourself, Mike, and um, Andy to try to get them into matchups you guys obviously had uh, some experience into or just felt more comfortable obviously playing into those kind of games and then we kind of, Cody and myself, kind of picked up the slack wherever wherever it was needed, what you know, stuff that fell through the cracks that you guys weren't confident uh, playing into. Yep. Uh, so, round one, uh, we went, go through the entire pairing process uh, and I... That one, I remember this because it was I was talking beforehand going I really want to avoid new Signar and Signar in general because I think they just have my number like Ravens is all like arm 1617 stuff except for Azrael and I will just get shot off the board so 
first round, I got handed uh, Brayden, who was running New Signar, or Robidoux, who was running New Signar, and went, well, I hate this. This is this is exactly what I did not want. Uh, so we talked it out and basically went, well, I'm getting tossed under the bus on this one. Which of these two lists is worse for everybody? Um, and I think Braden's was a little bit more like the standard here's a bunch of AP guns and a bunch of stuff, and I think Robidoux was going a little off the beaten path. Uh, so I ended up going into Braden, uh, and then when I was talking to him, I was like, what do you have for, like, magical weapons? Because I think I'm just going to drop Lilith 3. And he's like, oh yeah, my mechanics just hand them out. And I'm like, this is so much worse for me than I thought. Like, crap. Uh, I don't, I don't so think I can do anything here. OP. Like, okay, cool. So I looked over at Cody and just went, Cody, I can drop Val into this, right? And he's like, what? I'm like, he, I can't drop Lilith. He's just going to shoot me off the table. I'm like, I can drop Val, right? This will be fine. And he's just like, yeah, okay, sure. Do that. And I'm like, awesome. And it was like 30 seconds later. He's like, that doesn't look like Lilith. I'm like, I asked you if I could drop Val. And he just goes, no, you asked if you could drop Lilith. I'm like, no, no, I didn't, Cody. <laughs> oh so he's just like, yeah, you're going to lose this game. And it's all your fault. I'm like, God. Thanks for the vote of confidence, Cody. I hate you. Uh, super fun. Uh, That's your captain. Yep, that was the captain in practice. <laughs> uh, so uh, we roll off. I win the roll off and go first. Uh, I basically run everything to the middle of the table uh, and have like two angels behind a forest. Uh, Val there. I line up a couple other nerfs and stuff to be shield guards. And past turn and Brayden walks three inches out of his deployment zone and then puts a bunch of like storm legion idiots in front of his caster uh proceeds to take a couple shots which I shield guard around so that he doesn't just like shoot down a single heavy and it was at that point uh and he ends his turn I looked at it and went is wolf within 12 of these angels and he was so then Vale went forward and cast insight and threw chiller on one of them uh I ended up killing two legionnaires to get one angel in, left Wolf alive on one box and, like, one focus. Uh, the other angel managed to get in after overtaking through two guys, and he just went, yep, nope, I'm dead. I'm like, cool, I should not have won this game at all, and here we are. Top of two assassination through angels. Let's go, boys. This is how we do it. So, uh, managed to go from being thrown under the bus to picking up a win that I probably should not have gotten. Good good start for me. Yeah, Legion, go fast. Turns out, 17-inch threat range on angels is ridiculous. Uh, yes. Is that is that with tether and everything, too? Yeah, that's tether and slipstream. Uh, you can get one 17 inches, and if you get the first turn, uh, you can literally just make it so somebody cannot walk out of their deployment zone. It's kind of not okay, uh, especially yeah. after they had changed the ru rules where it was like, oh yeah, uh, you only need Unstoppable if you're starting engaged. If you're just not starting engaged and you have, like, Flight or Ghostly, you can just go over everything and there is literally no repercussions. Yep, so, like, that is. Yep. Yes. The models are absolute money now. Yes. Yeah, the, the amount of times that Angels literally just went, I'm going to fly over, like, three units and four heavies and get to your caster is silly. But it's a thing you can do, so we used that. Um, so yeah, I won my first round. Uh, Eric, what do you remember? 
Yeah. So um, I played against uh, Damon for the second time, actually, of that of that week, and I, we, I played against him um, Friday as well in the uh, Bounty Brawl. Uh, got uh, matched up with him again. Um, first round, like, he's playing Infernals. He played Zadroth and Yubi this time, and we played Omo the day before. Uh, both times, obviously, was a rust because that's just you know what we do right now with uh, with Orgoth. And he played Zadaroth into me. And his Zadaroth list was a little was a little different. He was playing a bunch of um, Lamenters and uh, a few Tormentors. You know, like just all the solos, like every solo possible with uh, um, Infernals there. And it was it. The, the positioning game went pretty well. I mean, I, it's, I grind pretty pretty effectively with Harask. That's what you do anyways, typically with Orgoth, unless you're playing Kishar and just trying to blow something off the table. But uh, yeah, he. I ended up uh, getting the boosted dice rolls I needed. I with uh, uh, didn't take Carnage on the rack, so I was because I was gambling a little bit on that with Zadaroth's feet that I could still roll the boosted elevens with with the reroll Fate Bless from Harusk that I could um, still clear what I needed to clear for that turn and not. Uh, you know, take a, a spell that I probably won't need past, you know, Zadaroth's feet turn. And uh, risk paid off. Like, I, I only missed, I think, two or three models uh, on under that whole turn on Zadaroth's feet turn. So that helped out a lot. I got I missed Nicaea once, and she blinked away. And then the Jackal rolled a boosted 13 uh, to hit her and finish her, uh, which allowed me to score a, a bunch of points um, pretty early on with through Zadaroth's feet. Um, so that was pretty uh, impactful there. I was able to push the right side of the table really effectively and he went uh, left and we were kind of swirling around this large uh, building in the center of the table and Damon also was able to get uh, crows, the, the crows cutthroats into a guard tower and they were super annoying uh, in that guard tower. Uh, and he, he kind of got me a little bit with one of the plays that was really cute. He, uh, I shot a Hunter uh, Belcher shot into the guard tower, and I f- totally forgot that he had Umbral Guardian in his list. And he shield guarded to the Umbral Guardian uh, outside the tower and killed like three of my own Reavers in blast damage, uh, which was pretty hot. Uh, did not see that coming, so kudos to him on on that. Um, but yeah, the game was the game was great. I mean, I, I ended up winning that game on scenario, um, I believe. And uh, yeah, I mean, like so, the, the that that round went pretty went pretty well for me uh, round one. Yeah. Uh, so you won, I won. Uh, Andy played into the other new Signar and ended up, uh, according to his sheet, he lost. Uh, Cody played into Terrence, who I don't actually know what Terrence was running. Uh, Orgoth. Orgoth? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrence running Orgoth as well. Okay. Uh, and then yeah. he won, and then Mike won as well. So we went four and one for the round. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Nate, how'd your first round go? Uh, pretty well. We played against the Carcosa Club and Friends, so a bunch of guys from, like, New York, Long Island, and, uh, um, other various uh, geographies, so they were they were like a weird uh, team composition. They had double winter core, double circle. They won like uh, 
I just broken down the circle legacy themes in my brain. They're like stones and tharn now. They had uh, one player running like Braddock's Grail, the other one running Wormwood and Chromac. Um, we won the roll into them and decided to pick tables, uh, namely because we had Adam with Sorsha 3, so we wanted to get him set up on a table that gave him a good start to a cloud wall, and he needed to dodge the Legion, uh, which we successfully were able to do. We dropped him down first, uh, and then he ended up dodging the Legion. Um, and then later on, uh, I think, I like, cannot remember now, I think it shook out that it was like um, John played against Wintercore, Les played against Wintercore, Rick, either Rick or um, Adam must have played against Circle, and then Rick played against Legion, and I got dropped into the Wormwood list. Um, but because Wormwood, uh, Wormwood picked me, uh, we got to pick the table, and so I got to put us on a table that had no forests and just, like, one big building in the middle. Um, so my round one opponent was uh, Jerome Klein. He's from Ohio, which I didn't realize. Uh, like, we had, I think I had seen him at, like, previous brawls and stuff, and he had basically said, like, he's, you know, kind of in a dwindling meta right now, but he always comes back to play in the Boker Brawl. Uh, super sweet dude. Like, we had a great game. Um Old Witch Nayslayers are a little bit BS right now, and uh, he found it difficult. I won the roll to go first, and so he found it difficult to kind of position around the threat ranges. Um, turn two, I think he uh, popped feet, and I was able to... I, like, threw a clock uh, Clockatrice away pretty early to kill a bunch of his arc nodes, and... Uh, try to get rid of like Lord of the Feast and the Gallows Groves because once I get them off the table, um, whatever heavy I have reconstruct on basically just gets to live forever. Um, so was able to achieve that early. Uh, he then feeded, but uh, and came in to like my side and, and fought a bunch of my stuff. But unfortunately, uh, he feeded and like one warp wolf was like visible through the very edge of the circle and the way that new the the feet the feet forest and the way that new unit movement works uh it's if one model is visible for wormwood's feet you can charge that one model and then like leapfrog your dudes over and past and like hit a bunch of other stuff so i managed to get uh a unit of nayslayers in there i got uh I think I got Curse of Shadows onto one of the models as well and was able to just, like, put in a really solid amount of work on his feet turn. Um, the follow-up turn, he was looking for angles to, like... Uh, what is that spell? Hellmouth me? Or, like, considered um, strangleholding me? But I had... Uh, used Vexing Alignment with Old Witch, and I had Ruin available, and I had a Cage Rager with, like, one or two corpses just in the middle of all my important stuff, so he wasn't going to get any spells off. Um, so he just cleared the Nayslayers and positioned pretty aggressively. Uh, I was able to get kind of a dream turn, uh, like, for Pop Fortune's Path earlier in the turn when he missed a Nayslayer, and then was able to get a uh, in what was it? Enraged, uh, 
Enraged, Fortune's Path, Three Corpse, Boundless Charged, Skin and Moans, onto Getterix. Oh, and he had uh, Blessed on him, too, because I have a Cage Rager, and I'm a jerk like that. Uh, so I think by the time the Skin and Moans got to Getterix, he was, like, dice plus five. Uh, and I killed Getterix with, like, two initials and one buy through Rapid Healing, and then killed, like, an another heavy beyond that. Absolutely uh, And gross. at that point... Yeah, skin and skin and moans. The late game skin and moans is like a freaking monster, man. Um, but it only get only goes like ten to twelve inches. Like it just can't. It's not fast, but it, it hits like super hard. Um, once that happened, he started the crackback turn, um, and had to kill. I sent the other unit of nayslayers in the previous turn, and he killed a nayslayer before going in on the skin and moans, which let me pop. Uh, Ill Omens, so he was minus one to attack and damage rolls, and the Nayslayer that died was within collection aura of the cart, and then that extended the cart's aura to catch the Skin and Bones that I had sent in the turn before, which still had its three corpses. So it's armor 19, 21 from the cart, 22 uh, from Ill Omens. So when he had to fight that Skin and Moans that went in and killed two heavies, uh, he had to fight it at like 1422. And he just couldn't get through it. Uh, and so the next turn, I had the line on Wormwood to kill the tree, uh, but I ended up being able to just kill the objective and score it out. Uh, so I won my game, and then all of my teammates won their games. So we ended up going 5-0. and I think uh, John's game was particularly close and just hinged on Magda, the little support model for Wintercore not being out. And because Magda wasn't out, uh, Scott's Kador couldn't see through stealth, and so John's Berka just got to like live forever that game. Um, oh, Berka. Yeah. But a good round uh, and a lot of fun, like five fun games, really good opponents. We, we had a great time. Yeah, man. Uh, so round two, uh, we went into the tried and true people, uh, which, again, super dope people. Uh, appreciate them. Love them. Enter Railthorn's Technicolor Murder Coat. Or yes. Or Rainbow, Technicolor Rainbow Murder Coat or something that, like that. That sounds right. What a great team name. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, that round, uh, I don't remember who we threw out first. I think we won our choice every round of uh, pairings or tables, right? Like uh, no, nope. we, we ended up. Cody uh, dropped the ball against Nate's team. Oh, did he? That was the only the only team where we didn't get matchups. Absolute scrub. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, but we got matchups here, so that was good. Uh, I played into uh, Andy, who was running Cyrenia and. I don't remember his other caster. I remember we talked about it, and he was basically like, yeah, I'm never going to drop him because he's just terrible now, but I needed a second list, and I was like, okay, fair enough. Can't argue with that logic. Uh, I won the roll-off again, uh, managed to basically just run up the table uh, and hide behind a house. Uh, he feeded bottom of one and put Cyrenia far enough back that I couldn't get to her at all while jamming me with, like, exemplars and other nonsense, uh, which was very rude of him, honestly. Uh, we ended up grinding it down, I think it was turn four. Uh, I had ended up catching up. He had gone up on scenario at one point, I had ended up catching up, and I think I was up, like, three to one. 
uh, and I had this entire plan where Val was going to walk out from behind this house that she was living behind to cast Insight. Uh, she was going to cast Insight so I could clear the one zone, get rid of like three Avengers, Gravis, uh, two Heavies, and make it so that we were playing sideways and I was going to be way up on scenario and it was going to be very difficult for him to come back. Uh, and then she was going to repo behind the house because the repo card exists and uh, I was going to be safe and he was never going to touch me and everything would be fine. Uh, there was a problem with this plan. Well, there's two problems with this plan that I did not realize. Uh, one, I moved Val out from behind the house and to get an angel where I needed him, I needed to leash him up. Uh, and because of how close everything was at that point, he leashed up directly behind Val. So oh. that, that, that was an issue. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't the bigger issue because I had forgot I used the repo card. So I moved her up, leashed, and then went through like seven or eight more activations and then looked at the table and went, why are you there? You're supposed to be behind the house. Fuck, I never moved you back behind the house. And Andy's just like, you sure didn't. I'm like, well, that's a problem. Okay, uh, how do we try and salvage this? Uh, and the answer was... We kind of couldn't. Uh, I killed as much as I could to try and clear things off and ended up where Andy almost actually saved my life because he like, had to charge Cyrenia into an angel to get a hex blast on Val and did a bunch of damage to it. And this angel was on four, like it was on full fury. Uh, and then he sent something else into it and started like beating on it. And I'm like, Please kill it. Please kill the angel. Like, please just do it and give me the transfer so I live through this turn. And at one point, the like, the angel is down to, like, three boxes, and he stops and goes, Why am I attacking this? I don't need to attack this. Something in my head is telling me I shouldn't be attacking this. And I'm like, eh, I don't know. You just do whatever you want to do. And in my head, I'm like, no. Just kill it. Just kill it. Let me survive. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, he left it alive on, like, two boxes. And then got uh, Single Avenger and Gravis into Val after uh, just taking away her transfers, and they just murked her. Uh, so, almost clutched victory through the jaws of my own stupidity, uh, but Andy played a very good game and just beat me to death. So, I ended up losing that round. Sad day. Uh, Eric, how did you do? Uh, so, I, like I said, the end of that, it was myself and Mike at the, at the end of the pairing process where we had matchups again, and I was kind of, uh, having a conversation with Mike about what he felt more comfortable playing into, because we had, I think they had, uh, uh, Erica's Grimkin and, um, I forget, I forget his name, I think his name was Pete, I had, uh, Minions, and we were, so we were weighing the options, obviously, of what he felt more comfortable playing into. And he said he had more experience, obviously, with minions and didn't really know how Grimkin uh, functioned. So I was like, well, I'm not going to set Mike up to have a bad time to playing into Grimkin when you have no idea, like, what happens there. Because that's that's just a bad time waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, so I ended up uh, take, putting myself into, into Erica. And Mike took the minions player. So I ended up playing, um, obviously, Grimkin that round, and uh, she dropped uh, Old Witch 3, which, uh, if you, obviously, I'm sure that you guys know how he, Old Witch 3, obviously, especially with Nate um, 
Maine and Grimkin this year as well. She is very good oh, yeah, uh, she is. In, in Grimkin with her changes and whatnot. She is uh, definitely something. If you, like I said, if you you get a chance to play against her, uh, watch out. Like she is, she's got a lot of a lot of cool tricks. Um, but it was a yeah, double Nayslayer build, um, which is you know pretty common for Grimkin. I mean, Nayslayers are are just like they're basically just. Grimkin the faction is on the back of Nayslayers. Yeah, there's no reason to not take them. Yeah. Um, it was a little different, though, because she wasn't running Dreadrots, so she was a little more uh, beast-heavy. I think she was running double Clockatrice and Skinamones. Hmm. Um, so I was... I liked that it was a little better for me in that regard, where there wasn't a bunch of Weapon Master Infantry running around the table as well. Uh, actually, no, maybe she was running a unit in Dreadrot. I think there... Yeah, I think there was at least one unit of Dreadrods in the, in the list. Now that I'm thinking yeah, that, it, but it, wasn't a, it wasn't a bunch. Yeah, I actually liked her list better than mine when I when I saw it. When I was reading it, I was like, dang it. Yeah, her list was her list was definitely was very interesting, and it had like I said, it saw it had a little bit of a you know puzzle for me to kind of unpack. Like I said, with with. Uh, with that, luckily I was able to uh, live the dream with the clocks. And just not let them. Uh, I was able to kill one with just like super lucky dice, with oh. just not uh, le- not letting it proc uh, its blink, and just hitting the right boxes at the right time, and then just boosting damage in the last attack and just finishing it. Nice. Um, so yeah, I got you know it's always really nice when you get to you get to get a clean kill on on clockatrices. Um, but yeah, it was also there was the terrain. Um, she went. Uh, first, which was, you know, obviously b- definitely good for her um, in in this matchup. But also, like, there was a good amount of, like, a forest that I was able to hide most of my army behind from one unit of Nayslayers. So, which helped me out quite a bit, negating um, the effectiveness of them on that side. Like, and uh, the good count, I mean, one of the reasons why I have the jack I do in that list is because of Nayslayers. So the uh, Bloodthirst Polearm Assault Shield Jackal is so money. And like I said, I, I obviously like I said, I played this into you as well, Nate, on War Table, so you can kind of attest to this a little bit as well. Like redlining that Jackal to have it threat 15 inches, like the same you know, threat range as those uh, Nayslayers, to, just to keep them honest, is huge. Um, in that matchup. So being able to have like, you know, something that can really just play off of that as well. Um, helps a lot with, with that, uh, with that. Um, what else happened in that game? That was pretty, pretty insane. Oh, yeah. Also, uh, old witch having an 18 inch, uh, windstorm bubble at all times is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> like, uh, makes it really hard to get any real work done at range. So I had to do everything pretty much in melee and allow her to come into me in order to do that. But again, Orgoth attrition trades really well. Uh, I gave her my weaker, my weakest heavy. She basically blew that up with, with, uh, uh, Nayslayers. And then I was able to finish the whole unit of Nayslayers afterwards, not let them get away from me. Um, so yeah, like again, the game was super close. Like, you know, I mean, the second time I played Erica, I played her uh, also in the team tournament um, at Depticon, and she ended up beating me in uh, in that event. So we're now uh, 
you know, tied up one and one in the uh, series. So maybe I'll so when we play against her next time, we'll we'll see, uh, you know, who comes out ahead um, in that regard. But yeah, she's super fun to play. Like all those tried and true guys are, you know, are, are a blast to play. Um, yeah, and that game was was super super clean, super fun. Um, but I ended up pulling it out in the end with uh, attrition as well and just winning on scenario. Yeah, Erica's super dope. Uh, I love her. Um, but then, so I lost, you won, uh, Mike, I think we gave some bad advice to, uh, he ended up dropping Orion into Maylock, uh, because we were like, oh yeah, previously Maylock would just run a bunch of gators, uh, and it turns out that's not true anymore, he actually runs a bunch of heavies, so, uh, Mike lost because we gave him some poor advice. I blame Cody, that's probably his fault. Um. <laughs> And then Cody ended up playing into Dan Raven, who I think was running New Signar, uh, and looks like he beat him. Uh, and then Andy played into Paul, who was running Rhett. Uh, and I swear to God, that game was watching that game was more stressful than playing my own game. Yeah, we like, need to talk about that game. Like, that game that, was that game was absolutely insane. At one point, I look over and it was Assyria against Gearheart. Uh, yeah. No, no, Baldwin, Baldwin, Baldwin. And at one point I look over and it's like, oh, okay, there's like a bunch of heavies and everybody's got some units and this is fine. And then my game ends and I look back over and Paul, I think, has like nine or ten minutes on his clock. Andy has like 16 and there's like one or two guys from a couple different units uh, for like, there's like a single duster, there's like the solo, there's I think one or two sentinels. He still has a phoenix and like one other jack alive. And Assyria is just like standing in the middle of the table. Uh, and Andy's got like a couple assault troopers and like a random Toro or something alive. And it's just like, wow, this game ground down really well. Like, what is going on? And we end, like, I stood there and watched that for a bit. And it ended up going to like, I think turn six or seven. Andy having going from like 10 minutes on his clock to like killing Assyria with like five seconds left. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I heard, I heard he got him with uh, last day. Right? Yeah, do you remember how he killed Assyria? Uh, he, he fired. Johnny on the spotted Baldwin to kill Assyria with blast damage. Yeah, because he shot the objective was still alive. He shot that with a DBR yeah. first. Yeah. Then had to, he did like a double boost to shoot her directly, left her alive on like three boxes, then went, welp, I just need to hit like a hard, I think it was like a nine or 10 because he didn't have any focus left, missed it and then like boosted the blast damage and was just like, this is good enough. Uh, and killed her, like, overkilled her, I think, by, like, one box with, like, three seconds left. I'm watching his game, and I'm just, like, sweating through, what, like, my clothes. I'm like, oh, my God, what is this? I, I too, have killed Assyria with blast damage playing Gearheart, uh, the, and it, it feels good every time you do it. it. It seems reasonable. It was just, like, the two turns of going from, like, 15 minutes to, like, three seconds, and watching Paul's clock be, like, go from like 10 to like three minutes left where i'm like oh my god like you have to finish this now because if you don't all he's going to do is go cool i kill a couple things to like score points and then pass clock back i win like you, you just finish it like the entire time i'm watching his game i'm sitting there going 
Like, in my head, just going, Andy, pass the clock. Andy, pass the clock. Andy, pass the clock. Like, you're killing things that don't matter. Just pass your turn. <laughs> That's definitely easy oh. to say in hindsight. But, yeah, it's for, for sure. Like it's, you, you get into that mindset of, like, I had to kill models. I had to kill models. And then you're just basically burning through clock. But yep. it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, so always, it's always one thing to be able to look at the game from like 30,000 feet versus like being in it. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. But that's one yeah. of those weird, like, I've been in that situation. Like, I think all of us have where you're just like so focused on, okay, this is what I need to do to win that, like, if you take half a step back, you would have just looked at it and been like, oh, yeah, I don't actually need to do like any of that. But in, in the moment, you're just like, no, I need to do this. Meanwhile, everybody watching your game is just going, oh my god, just do the thing. Just do it. Come on, this is really easy. Sometimes you, uh, you know, sometimes you zero in and decide that you need to kill Marcy's objective at uh, the semis at Warfare Weekend. And you don't actually have to do that with your caster. And then you lose the game. Yeah, turns yeah. out. Yeah, uh, we've all been there. Yeah, and, and by the way, I mean me. I've been there. It's, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um... Yeah, so uh, he ended up winning that, and we won the round 3-2. So that was incredibly stressful, what we got there. Uh, Nate, how about you? Uh, we matched up against Classical Masters this uh, round 2, which was uh, Justin Du, JVM, uh, Art, uh, Chris Cornaccio, and I am blanking... Steve King! Oh yeah, Steve King. How can I forget okay. Steve King? Yeah, Steve King, uh, when I lived in New Jersey and started playing War Machine, Steve King was, like, one of my locals. Uh, he, like, used to just beat me all the time. <laughs> um, nice guy, though. So we matched up against them, and I think, basically, we won the role, and I think the way I had it in my head was, like, if we keep me out of Jake, and I was trying to get into either Dusk or Dusk, Signar... Uh, either Signar, Storm Legion, or First Army, or play role. Like, I was basically good as long as I could dodge Jake. And the other people that had dodges were, um, I think, John didn't want to play against Signar, and uh, Les also didn't want to play against uh, Siege 2 or Cray, First Army Signar, Trencher Signar. So we won the role and were able, I think they actually put um i cannot i can't remember the pairings all i know is what ended up shaking out was i think chris cornaccio so we got dusk into less uh we got jake uh jvm we got john into jake which was fine um we got steve into adam and then art into rick and i played into justin um and we got to pick tables for some amount of these games. I think in particular, we picked the table for Adam and me. Um, and the way the round shook out was, I think, Chris uh, Chris charged into Feated Osram Army and bounced off of it. Um, Rick and Art had a really good, like, long, grindy uh, game, you know, on uh, Recon 2, where you play the game and it like it starts out that you're playing the game vertically and by the end of the game you're playing it horizontally because one of you has one zone the other has the other zone and you're like running stuff back and forth to contest the flags and, and do things like that yeah that's how that works uh, yeah um 
So Rick ended up winning that game. Uh, Chris ran out of time, so Les won his game. Rick won his game. Uh, Adam won his game. Uh, Jake beat John. And then uh, I got to play Wanderer into Athena, which is uh, about as much fun as you can have with Wanderer. Uh, So I think just there was a forest in the middle of the table. It was great. Uh, We ran everything up. Athena shot a bunch and literally can't go into the zones because if she does, she just gets charged by most of my army. Uh, So Justin feats on two, or on one, he starts taking some shots. I pop Shroud, so he doesn't get to do any real damage. I think he ends up killing like one or two Dreadrots. Um, Turn two, we just push up a little more. We get a couple charges into his stuff and we just like throw uh, dread rots and a bunch of BS into his army to engage it. I put Wander on the other side of the forest in the middle, and then I put road markers like in the forest and on either side of it. Put up Starcrossed. Um, that turn, Justin feats and uh, he feats like pretty late in the turn after he's already activated most of his army, and he just casts open fire like four or five times. He's just shooting with the like armor piercing uh, striker heavy a bunch, uh, and he manages to hit. I have one monkey scoring my far flag, and between ill omens, fog of war, and uh, open fire. So the striker shooting the monkey on Athena's feet turn, no boost, needs to roll a uh, 11 where he rolls three dice and drops the lowest, uh, and he manages to roll uh, a 12. He rolls like six, six, five, and drops the five. So he kills my monkey, I don't get to score. Um, I finally get into his army, and I'm able to like kill his scoring solo on the opposite flag with Isaiah, clear my flag, score my flag, kill his objective, so I go up like 2-0. So it's like two to one at that point. Uh, And Justin, at that point going forward, I think basically can't really clear his, or he clears his flag, but he can't contest mine. So it goes, we both go up by one. And then the next turn, um, I just clear my zone. And uh, I think the final, then the next turn, he goes to run uh, a jack in to contest my flag. It was like the only model he could get there. Uh, and then after he runs it, we like look at the grid because uh, I'd put a bunch of attacks into it the previous turn and the movement's out. So he just shakes my hand at that point, like can't even get there. So uh, we end up going 4-1 on the round. Um, again, like a great a great set of games. Um, and I think everybody had a lot of fun. So we're, we're flying high. We're feeling good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then we draw our opponents for the next round. Uh, yep, and the next round is where everything came crashing down uh, as we had to play against each other. Yes. And uh, Nate decided to take the coward's way out and dodge me, uh, which, you know, good on ya. I would have kicked your ass. You were, you were, uh, I think you and Eric were my two. Like, I didn't want to play into Eric, and I didn't feel great about the Veil matchup, but having played it the day before against Jake, I felt like I could have done it. But and not how did. things shook out. And you dodged me anyway. Yep. <laughs> Rude. Uh, so we ended up playing each other. Uh, this was the one round Cody won the, or lost the roll off. Uh, so Nate got to pick some matches. Um, and 
for our team, I know we talked a lot about it, and this was when we were all really involved in the pairing process. We looked at it and said, okay, how do we need to do this? And it really came down to, we need to trap Rick because nobody wants to deal with new Kador. Uh, and if we can do that, and we just have to sacrifice someone to Nate, because I think that, like, he will probably win against just about anyone on the team, uh, then we'll, we're, we're probably fine. So, uh, we did that, um, we ended up putting Andy into Nate, uh, who Andy had never played into Grimkin before, so, yeah, that was... He definitely he definitely jumped on the grenade on that one for us. I heard a lot. I heard a lot of yelling coming from that table at some point. Yep. That, that, all that all that good that Grimkin's just bullshit. It, it had something to do with me uh, time stutter or stutter stepping a clockatrice back into contesting his flag after he'd like spent three activations clearing it of bottles. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Uh, we, we ended up basically getting what we wanted there. Uh, Andy went into Nate. Cody went into... Rick. Cody play? Yeah, Cody ended up playing Rick. Yeah. Uh, that was... Mike, Mike played... That was the game that I think was going to decide the round, for sure. Yes. Uh, Mike played... Uh, uh, John. And then Eric ended up playing Adam. And I played against Lus. Um, I won the roll-off against Lus. And he got some bad advice from his team, who told him, definitely don't feet turn one with Osram into Legion. It's a bad idea. Uh, so then No, he... I just said, no, 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 never no, no, no. turn one defensively because it's a bad idea. Well, because you just back up yeah, and you still outplay Osram. So it was a, just like, it, okay, it was a, this is still going to happen. It's it, just going to happen a turn later. It was a bad yeah. idea regardless. Like, he didn't have a good time there. Uh, but I yeah. went first. He walked up with his both of his battle engines uh, and went, yeah, I'm fine. And then I walked forward and incited and feeded and proceeded to remove both battle engines from the table uh, and then backed up and said, okay, now we're playing a game. And he just looked at it and kind of went, well, what the hell is this? Uh, we ended up playing that out and I ended up getting scenario uh, and 93 army points destroyed. Uh, cool. Yeah, he definitely... Losing two battle engines a turn two and then being like, I don't have a clap back and also my feed is over was real bad. Uh, so we ended up playing that out though. Uh, Lus is a great guy. I love Lus. Uh, and actually, at the end of the event, he ended up giving me like the old uh, Devastation coins. Uh, he had the Legion one. He was just like, hey, this is yours now. I'm like, aw, this is the sweetest thing ever. So I oh, currently nice. have that sitting on my desk and I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with it. Uh, but that was that was super awesome. Uh, Eric, how'd your game go? Yeah, so yeah, so I drew obviously Adam. Uh, I think uh, Nate, you selected that matchup for us, I believe. I don't think I picked that one. Uh, yeah. So yeah, so I drew Adam, and I I kind of knew going into I like the the main guy I play against on War Table runs Armored Core. So I have, probably have the most experience of any uh, matchup with Orgoth into Armored Core, which obviously they didn't know that, know that at the time. But uh, yeah, so I know that matchup pretty well. All the, like Arusk, Source of Three, Harkovich, I've played all of them. Um, it, you know, probably at least three or four times a piece almost. Um, 
so going into that, I felt pretty good uh, in that matchup. And it went um, about as I expected. Like, he ran up. I ran up. He feeded, uh, blocked off a bunch of, you know, cloud wall space. Um, I walked uh, one of my harpooner, uh, my harpoon jack through the cloud wall slightly, just kind of towing into the cloud, and was able to drag one of his heavies to me uh, through the cloud wall. Uh, could kill, I killed one of his heavies. Also, um, Thunderstruck and slammed Beast 09 backwards. Uh, so he was slightly out of position for the counterattack. So the only thing he could really get in on me was, like, I think, a juggernaut, really. Uh, after that, plus, uh, uh, I think it wasn't the Demo Core unit. It was another different different unit. Maybe it was the Bombardiers that were over there on that side or something like that. That uh, So it was he only had basically two heavies to go in on my two heavies, and uh, I feeded that turn as well. So he couldn't effectively i think he killed what's his two heavies going in on, on on my harpoon heavy killed that one um effectively but just didn't do enough damage didn't do enough work on my feet turn because of my plus three armor feet um that i was able to do pretty much terminal damage to him on the on the next turn um harusk went up there and just man moded i think harusk killed Beast 09 and another heavy uh, as well. After I softened I softened up one of the heavies with my heavy, and then Harusk went in and finished both of the wounded heavies. Um and still was able to like camp like three or four on top of that. Wolf. So he was yeah, he was playing up the table super aggressively. Um and was able to bully uh that side of the table and rotate um, away from the demo core. I was able to pretty much run away from demo core the entire game, so they were a non-factor. And just just uh, killed all of his heavies and kind of jammed him out of the scenario um, effectively, because obviously armor core is considerably, you know, pretty, not as slow as it used to be, but they're still pretty slow in, in retrospect to most other factions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and was able to win that game on scenario as well by just you know, kind of playing cagey and pl- playing the position game and, you know, just doing what Harust does and just grind and peace trade effectively. Yep. Uh, so I ended up winning that game. I think it was seven to two on scenario, I think, something like that. It was, it was like, it was probably turn five. Yeah. Your score sheet is nine, so. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. So I had nine, something like that. There you go. There uh, you go. so yeah. Uh, I won against Loss, uh, you won against Adam, uh, Cody played into Rick and it looks like one, uh, and then Mike played into John Boker and that game grinded out for a while, uh, and it looks like Mike won. Uh, Nate, you were the sole winner for your team this round. You carried the torch. Uh, yes, I did very, uh, mean things to your, your boy Andy, um, because he had never played against Grimkin, so there were, like, a couple just a couple like small moments in the game that were really brutal for him one uh the eric i think when you heard him like like groan or complain or whatever um i had crippled a toro um and left it on like one or two boxes but with no movement so it couldn't charge but it still had like a sword arm and i had a clockatrice near it with time lock up so the toro was only speed three um 
and he damaged the clockatrice early in the turn, so I stuttered the clockatrice to be outside of five, but within six of the Toro, and because the Toro can't charge, <laughs> it no longer reached the clockatrice in melee, so you yeah. just like, Toro loaded up on focus that couldn't kill this dumb bird that was just like up in his business for no reason. Yeah, uh, three inches. Rude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He only he could basically only walk and threaten five, so you just yeah. couldn't get. Um, and then I think he able with Gearheart to put in the remaining like necessary attacks. Uh, to kill the clock, but then procced reconstruct, which is when I jumped it over to contest the flag after he was like done activating that whole side. Um, oh, so the reconstruct model contested the flag when you brought it back to life? Yes. Oh. After after stuttering to like deny the Toro, <laughs> like attacks, it was it was brutal. Um, Clockatrice, awesome. I can't believe. That they used to be able to stutter multiple times a turn. Can you? I cannot even. That was the thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then later on in that game, I think the other like truly heinous uh, thing was he attacked my corpse cart, and so I popped a curse, which uh, removes construct, undead, and incorporeal from models, so everything becomes a living model. And Old Witch's stupid blind gun only works on living models. So after I'd popped a curse, I was able to blind another one of his heavies. And then, like, my Cage Rager beat it to death because it could actually hit it because it was blind. Yep. I, I don't remember what happened. I just remember, like, looking over at one point and hearing you just go, Doesn't matter, they're living now. And I'm like, oh, a curse just popped. That was mean. Yeah. Um... So yeah, just some some kind of heinously dumb stuff. Uh, in that game, I did commit a unit of Nayslayers into kill... I think I killed like five or six assault troopers on one side, but I left the failed experiments alone because I was like, oh, I'll just spread my guys out. And like, they only have one inch melee and they only have two attacks, so it won't be a big deal. And then I didn't know that Mosby gives overtake and like plus sure two strength. So... <laughs> Gearheart feeded and like one failed experiment killed like the whole unit of Nate Slayers by himself. <laughs> he just surfed from like one end of the zone to the other, just like matching <laughs> everybody. So that was pretty rad to see. Just back. That's nice. Um, but as I alluded to earlier, uh, my clockatrices uh, were all up in his business, specifically the business of the flag he was trying to score. And um, I think I ended the game uh, being able to kill, finally kill the Rocketman Stinger that was scoring that flag and then ran a monkey uh, and had uh, killed the model in the middle zone after blinding it. So I was able to score up like three that turn and contest everything and then just win it out on scenario. So uh, a really good game. And uh, Andy, I think that makes us one and one because uh, he beat me at the last poker brawl. Um, but I, I had a great time, and uh, yeah, I kind of miss playing Crucible Guard, actually, after seeing all the cool stuff they can do. So. There you go. Uh, also, I don't know what you did with that monkey, but the entire car ride home, like the six hours, every so often you just hear Andy go, that stupid fucking monkey, and we're just like, what? And he's just like, nothing. I just, I, I hate that stupid thing. We're like, okay. And he wouldn't it's expand the, on it. So I don't know how badly you touched him, but like... 
you touched him badly. No, um, because I used, uh, oh, I had used Curse of Shadows on a unit, and then um, the monkey has acrobatics, and then you use some, something wicked from the Malady Man, and the monkey gets boosted attack and damage roll. So I think the monkey charged in and, like, killed two or three uh, stormtroopers. <laughs> like, by <laughs> Yeah. The monkey is the monkey is a menace. Uh, oh, and then managed to do that charge over everything and be in his zone, and then because of monkey bite and his feet was gone, he wasn't able to hit the monkey and clear oh, it. That's probably bad at yeah. Rude. Every, I think he, yeah, I think a whole unit of assault troopers and then like three failed, or two or three failed experiment attacks, like tried to hit the monkey and he missed. And I think he missed his boosted attack with the Toro also. Oh my God. Yeah. Monkey, monkey be dumb. Seems like. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we ended up winning, uh, I, getting that round uh, three to one or four to one rather. Uh, and yeah, then four. we went, did whatever we were going to do for the rest of the night. Uh, we had one round the next day, and then that was basically the end of it. Uh, and yeah, round... you were playing for the ship. We, we, so. were, pl we were playing for the win, uh, which was stressful, yeah. uh, and it was fine. Uh, so we ended up going into Necrotex, which was Travis's team. Uh, I want to talk a, a little bit about my game because it was weird. Uh, but I ended up playing into Chris Gunther again uh, with Orgoth. We talked about it in the like the pairing process and was like, okay, uh, me and Andy were going to be the drop into him, and they put him out first, and we're like, you can do this. I'm like, uh, I think it'll probably be fine. It was like, no, no, you can do it. I'm like, okay. So as we're setting up the table and we're like talking about lists, uh, first of all, I dropped Val. He dropped uh, Hurusk. Uh, he zigged when I zagged, and it came out, I think, better for me. Uh, yep. 100%. Yep. Yeah. Which was good. Uh, he won the roll-off, and when we were setting up the table, he looked at me at one point and said, Hey, don't forget your objective. And I said, Cool, thanks. Uh, and did, and I looked over and I'm like, There's not flags on this, is there? And he said, No. And I went, Cool. And then we started. He wins a roll-off, uh, runs forward, uh, top of two. Top of two? Top of two. Gets his... Gets Harusk behind a house... Uh, like, in the dead center of the table, feats, puts, like, two tyrants in front of him, and says, okay, this is fine, like, you can't get to me, uh, go ahead. I get, like, one activation in, and Seth walks over, pauses the clock, and goes, guys, we have a problem. And I'm like, okay. He goes, there's a flag in the middle of this zone, in the middle of the table, that this house is currently occupying. You need to be playing the same scenario as everybody else, we're going to rule of least disturbance list to move the house to get things where they're supposed to be because you both messed up. Does, does everybody understand what's going on? And me and Chris were both like, yeah, 100%. So the house ended up being going from the middle of the table to about five inches over to the right, uh, which left like both jackal or not jackals, both uh, tyrants and Harusk standing basically in the middle of the table with nothing in front of them anymore. I'm, like, one activation into my second turn, and, you know, to, to Chris's credit, he wasn't mad, he wasn't upset about it, he was just kind of like, okay, we messed up, and this is what it's gonna be, and, like, you're the TO, you're in charge. So, like, huge amount of credit to him for that. Uh, and I looked at it and went, 
you know, the smart thing here would be to just go for the assassination, because you are now standing in range of two angels and insight, and I still have a feat, and, like, I think I can get other shots on there, like, you're only, I think he was only camping three or four, like, I shouldn't do it, though, because it feels like a really dick move to go for it after what just happened, and, again, to Chris's credit, he was like, no, do it, he's like, I love assassinations, he's like, I love the turn two assassination runs, he's like, go for it, uh, and I don't know if he was trying to, like, bait me into a bad assassination, or if he oh, actually, definitely. or if he was he actually definitely. just like, no, I love this, go for it. Uh, I ended up going for it. Um, one angel got to charge her, her usk, uh, got burned through all of his camp, and then the other one managed to get there, but it had to overtake off of a single, I don't know what the units are called, like a medium-based harpoon idiot? Reaver. You yes. Reaver and you cover all of them. No, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I ended up I had a charge lane, I had to charge him, overtake, and then I could get to Harusk. Uh, the positioning was such that I had, I thought I could charge the Reaver, get the one-inch bite on him, and then just buy armor pierce, get the armor pierce, and buy more on Harusk. And I think if I could have done that, I would have killed him. Uh, unfortunately, the pos positioning was such where I had to use the armor pierce on the idiot to overtake. I ended up hitting what I needed to hit, got there... Uh, and the turn ended with Harusk, I think, on six, uh, but and zero camp, but still alive. Uh, so I feeded, everything ran away. Uh, his next turn, he went up like three control points, uh, killed one angel, killed, I think, two Nerefs, left the other angel alive on like 10, 11 boxes, uh, murdered Asriel, and said, okay, here you go. And I couldn't, at that point, I couldn't do anything about scenario. I was down on attrition, uh, but Harusk had run as far back as he could into a rubble that was also a storm, so flying models were minus two speed in it. Uh, I ended up being able to get a bolt thrower shot on him, which I think did like a point or two, and then found out or figured out a way, because the angel that was alive had a leash on it, that I could move Val up, leash it out of combat, then uh, swap over to Slipstream with the Seraph that was still alive uh, and pull it an extra two inches. Val got as far forward as she could and threw Chiller on the Angel uh, and then it could get to Harusk, but it had to again, because of the storm it couldn't just charge him so I ended up having to clear an idiot in front of a flag. It could charge the war witches and back, uh, overtake twice, and then get there with Matt 8, and it had to pay to charge because I had lost the sorceress. So it could get there with, like, if it hit both initials, with three fury available. We measured it all out, uh, and this is also when I found out that uh, even if something says you're minus two speed... Uh, overtake or any of those don't let you move under an inch so we had to figure that out uh, and judge call that uh, Angel goes in, charges hits, a, misses the first war witch with an attack I had to buy an attack, hit it uh, or I used the tail on the first one, uh, had to buy an attack to hit the second one then, got to Harusk bought an attack, boost hit, boost damage and said, cool, he's dead, good game uh, and JVM was watching and went, 
can I ask a question now that the game's over? And I went, yeah, sure. He goes, you had to spend a charge, you had to buy an attack on a war witch, you had to buy an attack on Harusk, and then you boosted to hit and boosted damage. Where'd the extra fury come from? And I went, oh, that's really bad. So we started the clock back up and said, okay, how are we handling this? Because that was an illegal game state, and like that's not how we're ending it. Uh, and Chris said, look, you bought the uh, uh, attack, and you boosted to hit, so he's like, that's going to stand. He's like, y- y- we can't go back that far after everything with the house and everything. He's like, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm like, nope, that's perfectly fair. He goes, so you need to roll a hard 10 to kill Harusk. And if you do, game's over. I'll keep the tough roll. So uh, I ended up hitting it and assassinating Harusk. That was a goofy game. Uh, but I will say I appreciate the way Seth handled the situation. I appreciate the way Chris handled the situation. And everybody was not anywhere near as much of a dick about it as they could have been. Uh, It was handled really well, and Chris is a great opponent and, I think, a good person. So, like, I ended up winning in a very weird way, but it was was a really good game. Uh, At some point, I'll beat him playing fair. I don't know when that'll be, but eventually. Uh, Chris is a, a good dude. He's a good friend of mine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's good yeah. people. At some point, he keeps uh, harassing me every time I go to Boker or see him in person. He's like, yeah, at some point you're going to invite me on the show. And, like, I just don't want to do it out of principle now because he keeps bringing it up. Like, well, I would love to have him on. Well. He'd probably give, like, a lot of good, like, stories and advice. But also, I don't want to give him the satisfaction. Not to spoil anything, but, you know, <laughs> you might be hanging out together later this year. Well, that's a possibility. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up winning my game. Uh, Eric, how'd you do? So uh, I drew um, Adam Pricer. I was trying to get into one of the two uh, Winter Core players, whether it be Sean Hopkins or uh, or Adam. Uh, I was gunning more for Sean uh, just because I felt his lists were a bit more tuned at that point, uh, where Adam's were. I mean, they were still very good, but I feel like at Sean's were just a little more directed. Um, but yeah, so Adam's Adam and I game went went pretty well. I mean, like I said, I, I have a lot of experience in the winter core as well. I mean, uh, like I said, the guy who was playing with War Table plays a lot of you know just Kador in general. Uh, so I played against you know matchup a few times, and uh, he dropped Barnova. I once again played Harus because that's the only option I have currently. Um, and uh, he went first. He he won the die roll, which was a little concerning. Um, Especially on the on the uh, we played belt, I believe that round. So yep. that's also a little a little bit of a live scenario, and you know having that many heavies. I think he, I'm pretty sure he outnumbered me by one to two heavies uh, as well with his Barnova list. I think he was running at least six heavies um, in that list. So having six heavies running at you, uh, turn one off the table that far, and being able to arc note obviously with Barnova and all that stuff is you know a little worrisome. Um, so I just kind of positioned, uh, you know, accordingly to stay outside of threat ranges and kind of do what you do, you know, first turn, just not, not give up anything for free. Um, lost a couple of assault troopers, you know, nothing, nothing big. And then Adam, uh, did a move that kind of surprised me. He ended up, uh, feeding with Barnova and just running basically at the center of the table and catching, I would say probably 90% of my army, uh, in the feet bubble. And then just bubble wrapped her with like five heavies, like the, 
she was just standing in the in the pocket of just nothing but just like you know five five kato heavy just sitting there i was like well i don't really know what i want to do about that you know like i just there's not a whole i can't really get to barn over there can't really do a whole lot to um these jacks however though i was still able to with redline walk uh one of my tyrants into the wall of cater heavies and uh threshered with into shields and was able i didn't kill any of them but i uh, also had savagery though so i was able to like thresher apply savagery grievous wounds to three cater heavies and then blew out systems on two of them uh, one of them I blew out the cortex, and one I blew out the right. I blew out the right arm on another one. Gross. So I was able to cripple the uh, two of the the great bears uh, pretty much right away. Not kill them, but just cripple them enough where they weren't be able to fight back effectively. And I feeded that turn and just jammed one of my tyrants just into that zone, and engaging you know half of his basically Cato uh, heavies at that point and uh two of them were pretty much neutered uh for that turn so uh he uh went into the next turn just trying to figure out how he could remove that tyrant effectively uh and and be able to push up into my more juicier uh stuff and he just was not able to clear that tyrant even with beatbacks and and all that he couldn't remove the tyrant and couldn't kill it because even with that he still dice off i think dice off five because that was a shielded tyrant so it's armor 22 on the feet turn uh i'm sorry 24 on the feet um until you blow off the shield and he just wasn't the damage rolls weren't weren't going to that to that column and even dice off fives like it's not it's not great right so uh wasn't able to kill that heavy um moved up the board killed uh a good amount of like my just my other chaff stuff my solos a lot of the other stuff that that were just kind of there as um you know contesting pieces a lot of that just went away and uh, i was able to the next turn to because he was so condensed in the center of the table in that circle i was able i basically spread to the flanks and just corralled him in the center of the table and took both the square zones. So I killed his objective, scored his zone, uh, was able to score my zone uh, as well. So I think I was up like four to nothing on scenario at the end of my turn three. That's pretty good. Yeah, so and he, so I, he pretty much had to go for uh, an assassination. I knew that. So I basically ran Harust to like the back of Killbox kind of thing, like just towing outside of Killbox camped like four on him and i was like i you know like you have to go for this i know you have to go for this i'm just gonna you know sit here and and hope for the best and he looked at it basically trying to kill Harusk, realizing that he just didn't have the obviously the positioning or the or the um the follow-up to even like to do anything really to him so tried to score uh some points and take out some models uh, and he, and he, I think he did. I think he scored, you know, one point, killed a, killed another heavy or, you know, on my light or something like that too. And then I was able to just the next turn just basically wrap it up on scenario and score out what I needed to score. And that was the uh, the end of that game. So I won all of all of four of my games the whole weekend was on scenario. 
but that's pretty much my MO anyways. I don't really go for assassinations unless you kind of give it to me. Um, I'm usually almost always in it for the long for the long haul and the, for that for that grind. So yeah, so you are the exact opposite of me. I will go for that top of two assassination every time. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely am uh, very conservative as far as you know that play style. Like I don't I don't go for it unless I can almost say it's a sure thing. You know. Yeah, it's got to be at least a seventy-five percent chance or higher for me to even like really consider that in most cases. Because usually, if your if your caster is dangling in the wind like that, it means you're probably the rest of your army is probably way out of position too. Yep. And at that point, you can just pick it apart and do what you need to. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, I won my game. You won yours. Uh, Mike played into Travis and ended up losing. Uh, according to his sheet, it was zero CP, zero army points. I don't remember exactly what happened, uh, but new Signar real good, so I think that, Travis, that, that checks out. Uh, threw some guys and got Wolf to whoever Mike was playing. Oh, he was playing Orion, so that makes I, sense. I, I, I was sitting next to their table, too, and I do remember at some point there was this whole play of where he set up for a monitor to go on an assassination attempt on Wolf, and he put the monitor uh, towing into a squall Ugh. and not knowing that obviously even if you're touching the squall, you're minus three range shooting yeah. out of the squall, even if you're touching it. Uh-huh. So then he couldn't actually shoot uh, anything that he was trying to shoot with it because of him touching the squall. Rough. So, yeah. yeah. I, I remember that whole conversation happened while I was playing, obviously, with, with Adam, and I was like, yeah, that's something you're never going to forget now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're, what are they called now? Dust Devils is, like, the new yeah, thing. Yeah, there's and, Dust and, Devil yeah, and Storm. Yeah, Dust Devil is the new Squall. Storm is the new Windswept. Yep. The end. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Yep. Nice and easy. Yeah. Uh, so Mike ended up losing to Travis. Cody played into Sean? Yeah, I think Cody got Sean, yep. Yeah. Uh, and he played uh, Amo, and looks like he won. Uh, and then we kind of half agreed beforehand, where it was like, look, if the round is over, if one team has definitely won, like we're just going to call the last game so that everyone can pack up and go home, because the difference between 3-2 and two and 4-1 and one at that point doesn't matter. Uh, so once we... I think Cody finished his game first, uh, then I had finished... And I was talking to somebody, and Mike walked over and said that he had lost. And the next thing, it was a couple minutes later, somebody walked over and said, Hey, you guys know uh, Eric won, right? And I'm like, I'm sorry, what? And they go, yeah, your team won. And I'm like, what? Like, this is not a thing that happens. And they're like, yeah, like, you guys went 4-0. You win. And I'm like, it took, like, saying it three or four times to, like, click in my head that, like, holy shit, we just won the event. What? <laughs> Chip, boys. It was so weird. I just walked over. I had brought a couple cans of cider. I just like immediately cracked one and was like, victory drink. Let's go. <laughs> so I, I do have a question for you, though, Ryan, just because obviously, like you said, this is when did you like have that that, hey, we can actually win this thing moment? Like, when did that when did that actually kind of creep in to like, hey, we have a shot to win this thing? Uh, so it was actually the night before when we were playing games and we had started going over matches a little bit uh, because I remember we were talking before everybody else showed up and I went, you know, 
started looking at it being like, how are we matched up into Travis's team? Because like, I made a matrix, but like nobody on our team filled it out. So we were kind of just flying. Yeah. We were all of our pants. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I filled out one team and then I was like, Hey, everybody else filled this out. And nobody did. They were all just no. like, Oh, you're the captain. You didn't fill it out. So why would we? I'm like, I hate all of you. So, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so the night before we were talking and I was looking at it and we started going over matchups a little bit and I think it crept into my head then where it was just like we're actually matched up pretty well here like we have answers for Signar, we have answers for Kador we have answers for Orgoth like we don't need to do anything crazy we just need to win three games and we just need to engineer a way to give three people the best chance to win and if we can do that like, we're in a good spot. Everybody on the team is good enough to be able to pull off a, you know, tough game and to pull off a win. So, like, there's a non-zero chance we can win this. And it started, it really started messing with me that night. Uh, and then the next morning I woke up and was talking to people again. And, you know, Rick was like, oh, how you feeling? How you doing? I'm like, I have not slept like i can't move i'm like i'm nervous but excited but like this is crazy i've never done this well before especially at an event like this especially with like so much on the line so it was like i don't know what to do and calm down enough to be able to play through it so it was absolutely thrilling and insane and stressful uh yeah, didn't expect there to be so much emotion about it, honestly. Yeah, I, I remember, like I said, even even at dinner, like the night before, uh, after we finished round three, and we went to dinner, obviously, with everybody, and and uh, I could just tell that you guys were, like, just super jittery, you know, nervous and excited and, and all that. And that's kind of why we had, had that conversation at the end of the night when we wrapped up. I was like... You know, make, just making sure that because you, you got, I remember having a conversation where you guys were like, "Oh, I've been playing against Travis's team and you know all these WTC players and all of that." And I was like, "Well, to be fair, you guys are one win one win away from being WTC players yourselves. Like, it's not just a basically a, just a title. You know, yeah. like you can definitely do it. And they're capable of winning and just making just just kind of like reassuring. Obviously, you know, you and and uh, Andy and Mike." Uh, that you know, just just play your game. You know, don't worry about it. Don't stress out about it. You guys are definitely capable of doing it. And and sure enough, like I said, like, just don't let it get you know, don't let it get you as far as uh, you know the spotlight kind of thing. Yeah, it was it was a good it was good to have you there for that. If you know, if nothing else counted, just having you there, who's like, you know what, you've got this. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Like. You were a very calming presence. Well, no, that's, that's, I think that's that's helped you know a lot for our team chemistry. Anyways, like I said, Cody and myself obviously have, have played together numerous times, and obviously we played at WTC last year, and both of us did incredibly well uh, at WTC at that level. And just like I said, it, it was uh, exciting for me, even like I said, to to kind of see you guys obviously get excited and be like hey we can we can win this thing like you know to have, have that uh you know like you guys are were, were crazy uh you know amped up to, to to play in the final table which was which was really which is really fun for you like i said even for me to watch i played a lot of war machine and even with that like you know i haven't won any uh 
well, I haven't won many uh, major cons and whatnot, but I've been to obviously a lot of them. I've played in many team tournaments all over the place. And this one for me was like super, was, was super exciting as well. Cause like I said, it wasn't every team kind of had a few big heavy hitters, but mm-hmm. they weren't like stacked WTC teams floating around, the, floating around the, uh, you know, the event. Right. So it was really fun to be able to, to play like that. We're like, all right, you have like, you know, one or two really big guys on every team. Um, and you just kind of, you know, work your way uh, through the matchups. What it was, so it was, um, really, like I said, I, I still b- firmly believe you guys didn't need me on the team because <laughs> you guys, I've, all of you played super well. But um, I mean, I'll, I'll take the four wins for the weekend. Like that just made that made everything a bit easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I obviously played real well and and was able, to, yeah, to be that to be that anchor. And, and obviously, Cody, you know, he went undefeated as well. Yep. So that definitely helps out uh, having those two uh, anchor pieces on the team. And it takes a lot of the pressure off of obviously you guys um, to just play your games and not have to, you know worry about you know oh my god i gotta win every game like that's you know in a good team you don't need to do that you just play your game you know win or lose go on the next round you know someone someone's gonna win somewhere and you know they'll help you out and every time it was it was somebody different you know and you pulled out a huge win for us in round two mm-hmm. um you you won um you know a majority of your game and you won x and one right or, or yeah, two and th- two three and one yeah you went three and one you know mike i think went two and two yep yeah, so I mean, everybody, like I said, you know, did their weight, pulled, you know, pulled their weight and did well, and that's all you can really ask for. <sighs> Still stressful to think about. Uh, Nate, how did you guys do the last round? Yeah, um, I I was reminded uh, I I had to give my uh, crew a similar pep talk before we played Classical Masters, where I just said basically, uh, you know, we're gonna play five games of War Machine. Right? There's a lot of stuff that can happen in five games. Uh, you know, just don't lose your caster. Stay calm. Play scenario. Like, a lot can happen. Your dice can heat up. Your opponent's dice can go cold. Like, whatever. Just stay in the game. Um, yeah, our final round, um, we played against the, a team from Tried and True, so I think you played them earlier. Yep. Um, I'll just do a quick rundown. Uh, I matched up against Paul. Uh, we had a really interesting game. I think he was he uh, seven, second of the game that I played with Jake in the um, qualifier. I think him, I think he, my toughest games of the weekend were probably like him and Andy and Jake. Um, his game was super cool. He played Assyria into Wanderer. Uh, I won the die roll and just like screamed up the board with Wanderer as you usually do. Yep. And uh, neither Paul nor I had read Assyria's spell card all that carefully. So uh, we both were operating under the impression that Blinding Light prevented you from casting spells because that's what it used to do. And. It does not. Uh, turn one, he runs an arc node up to get in range of Wanderer, uh, and he and he just he basically confirms with me. He's like, "So I can blinding like Wanderer, and then you won't be able to cast Starcrossed." And I'm like, "Yeah, I mean, I think so. I think that's how it works, right?" And he's like, "Yeah, okay." So he runs the one arc node up, and I trigger Labyrinth off that. 
So I get to place the Wanderer back so he's no longer in range to get the spell arc to him. But I forget that he has a second arc node. So he gets the second arc node up there, lands Blinding Light on the Wanderer, Crusaders calls and feats with Issy and just like shoves his whole army into mine, just goes buck wild. And he kills both units of uh, Murder Crows and like a bunch of Dread Rots. And it was just like nuts. Um, and it wasn't until the next turn, like he had finished his turn that, uh, and he flipped to me and I like sat there and read a serious card. And I was like, okay, I still can cast Starcross because it's not an offensive spell. However, personally offensive, everyone may find it to be. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I th think in retrospect, because we talked about this a lot afterwards, I kind of said to him, like, I think you you still play the feet, right? But you need to hold the arc nodes because mm -hmm. you can't get any close enough to cast Blinding Light on anything, but you need Blinding Light, like turn over turn over turn, to push attrition through Starcrossed. And he gave me, like, with the feet, he ended up committing up both units of Desters and the um, Phoenix and the Chimera. Uh, and I was able to take all of it from him in exchange for, like, the, the like, four Dreadrots and two units of Murder Crows. Woof. Uh, so then, yeah, I was a big attrition advantage and was just able to continue. Then, like, his follow-up wave was... Uh, Sentinels, and so I just positioned so the Sentinels would both have to fight a Clockatrice and their units, so they're really terrible at fighting Clockatrices, because two guys hit it, it stutters away. Yep. Whatever. Um, game ground down, and I ended up uh, taking it on Scenario. But it was a really, really good game. Uh, Isaiah was a mass murderer that game. He killed... <laughs> he killed the Chimera, then got unhorsed, and lit on fire and lived with one box because the fire went out. Oh <laughs> um, <laughs> or, or no, he the fire didn't go out, and Paul only rolled like the because his dice off two. I think he rolled like a four or five to kill him, and so he had one box left by the end oh. of the maintenance phase. And then I managed, so he killed the Chimera and killed like most of a unit of Desters by himself. And then the following turn, I was able to free him up and he was able to charge across the table laterally because he still has Ghostly, even when unhorsed, and get into a unit of Sentinels who had just charged my Clockatrice, but in order to get all of them in, they had to land near a Malady Man with Cradle Songs. They all got stationaried. So Isaiah killed, like... Gosh, it must have been something like... He killed, like, double his points plus some that game. He's ridiculous. Rough. Um, but I ended up taking it on Scenario, and I think we took the round 3-2. Uh, so in the end, when everything shook out, you guys had won, and we ended up taking second. So that was, like, really, really rad. Yeah. Was, it was a good you know, weekend. On and still get second place. Yep. Uh, also, yeah. uh, I had painted Hazroth for the painting competition, and he won the large base category, so that was super neat, too. Oh, nice. That's great. Yeah. I got a giant paint set on top of a couple uh, medals. Yeah. So, all in all, I think just like a super good year. Um, it's always a blast to go to the brawl. And Ryan, I think that means that both now both of us have won the team event at the brawl. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, it also means that Eric was already on a team for WTC, but I won uh, to be on a team for WTC, so Andy unfortunately can't go. Uh, his He is expecting child, and it is, they're going to be born right around that time, so as much as we were harassing him and his wife that, like, she should totally just go to Europe with him, and, like, dual citizenship for a baby is a good thing, uh, that's probably not going to happen. <laughs> There's so, always next year for Andy. Yeah. Play again next year. Well, he'll have to win. We'll just have to go and win again next year. That's how this goes. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but so Congrats. me, me, Mike, sure. and Cody are uh, on a team, and we're going to be going. So Denmark in October. Going to be super fun. Heck yeah. See you there, buddy. Yeah. You got picked. <laughs> Not official yet, but you know. No, oh, I thought it was official. Whoops. No, no I thought. We get- we can cut this, whatever. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know how to cut things, so maybe. Oh. <laughs> just bleep, just bleep uh, the name of the captain that you gotcha. just said. Uh, I'll try. Yeah. There, there's also not much spoiler, because Eric and I were on the team that won Adepticon, so we were like both already going. So oh, There you go. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll talk to Tyrone and see if I can figure out how to edit things out. I've never figured that out. <laughs> Legitimately, uh, I have never edited anything out because I don't know how. So, <laughs> uh, fun behind the scenes yeah. fact. Yep. <laughs> so, I mean, who, who did you? Who you? I mean, I guess you could probably say a little bit who you're looking, who you picked up, or are looking to fill the spots. Obviously, of the. Uh, so for us, I know we have a local guy uh, that we're talking to. Um, I've got a couple names that were suggested from other his people. Name. Um, is his name Billy. Uh, no, Billy is not playing at the moment. No, I wish that would that uh, would be that would be all pioneer guys like we're, it came back, but uh, resurrected. Yep. Yeah, yeah Billy is not having a fun time with the game right now, so he's taking a break. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't blame him. I talked to Billy a few times, and yeah, he's he's not he's not in a great spot with the game right now, so that's unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but we have that. Uh, I know Cody has mentioned that Cosmo might still be playing, uh, that there was somebody else he mentioned uh, that might still be. So, like, there are people that we're talking to, and then we want to see where other teams end up and, um, you know, who goes where. And, yeah. you know, what's what's going to be best for pairings, what's going to be best for, like, just dealing with somebody for a couple days because, like, you are going to, in our case, a very foreign country for, like, a week, so you should probably be able to get along with the people you're going to be hanging out with pretty consistently for the next six months and then spending an entire week with. Yeah, I mean, at least now, too, like, you got your... Because Cody's going to be your captain, obviously, for, for to Denmark, I believe. Is that was what you're looking at, or are you captaining that team? Uh, I was captain in name only, so I am definitely not captaining an international trip. I could barely well, it, handle doing paperwork in New Jersey. I mean, like I said, Cody did a heck of a job, obviously, at WTC last year, and so he, he's got a little bit of that veteran status now, too, so he'll be able to, you know, help you guys out quite a bit on just preparing you for for what it's like in the European meta. Uh, yeah. I hear it's a bunch of nonsense. Uh, I wouldn't say a bunch of nonsense, but, I mean, it's the game is different with the language barrier, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll that, definitely have those moments, too, where you'll see... It, it doesn't happen all that often now, actually because of the pandemic, right? That there's sort of... The meta is sort of international at this point. But 
you'll definitely have one of those moments where you like look you'll get the lists and when you're like doing your matrix and you're planning you'll like look at a list and you'll be like what the heck does this do uh i had that some... problem several times last year because uh they were like billy and cody and eric were all practicing for wtc and they were like oh we need practice in the lula for you should play her so we have practice and i'm like cool do you want like one of my lists? They're like, no, play one of the like it was after list lock, and I was like, okay. And I'm looking at the little four lists from different teams in Europe, and I'm like, I don't understand what any of you are doing or why you built yeah. this list or what is happening here. Like, I've been playing this faction consistently for like seven years. I don't know why you made any of these choices. None of this makes sense to me. There is definitely no like right or wrong way to build it, right? Um, Jake and I had a lot of back and forth about this last year because we both were on Legion. It just comes down to like the choices you make. Basically, it's like you think of the matchups that you'll play, and any choice you make just like they're like a set of sliders, and it yep. just moves some up and some of them down. Right, and you just have to do that in a way that uh, gels with what else your team is doing. Yep. In order for that to be like, like a, a choice that's sound, so yeah. it will look weird sometimes if you have like certain combinations. Like we went last year and we just didn't have a Karchev two answer. Like our plan into Karchev two was like one guy loses the game. That yep. was it. <laughs> that was it. Checks out. We're like we just got to win the other four games. So okay. Yeah, that's fine. Um, that's, yeah. What, that's ultimately why I had to change my pairing. Like we changed my we changed my pairing. Like I think a month before list lock because we had a massive card have two hole as well and they're like uh you can play that can't you i'm like sure i can build something to play against card two why not so my pairing got shifted like a month before yep yeah we forsook like even trying to answer that so that we have a team that could basically dunk on like trolls minions and grimkin because we knew that there were going to be a lot of those there yep so yeah but yeah Anyways, it'll be a great time. You know, we'll, we'll all be hanging out in Denmark, and you know, it'll be, it'll be a good time. Like I said, I'm, I'm unfortunate you guys. I couldn't play with you guys, obviously, because I already had prior, you know, confirmations with other teams going into that. But uh, I'm super excited you guys get to go. So yeah, it'll be a fun know. time, and you know, you can always come back with us next year. Oh yeah, for sure. I, I definitely, I definitely will. And like I said, well, I'm sure we'll be hanging out uh, in Denmark anyway. You know, we'll get some beers, and you know, we'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll be tailing around with you guys a little bit too there. So yeah, I was gonna say I'm, I'm definitely gonna be harassing you, being like, okay, how do I deal with Orgoth? I don't know what any of this does. Help me. It's it's just list chicken. If you're playing Lilith, uh, Lilith and Vale, it's like if you get to play Vale, Harass gets good. If it's like Lilith Sabreth, it's good. If it's like Vale Sabra, I mean, I'm, I'm very curious yeah. on, on the Lilith Sabrath. Like I'm, like I don't know. Like I think Sabrath probably plays in the Legion ninety percent of the time, um, mm, just think, because of the speed. Yeah, I think you you'll need that for sure. But it's gonna be, I think it'll be dicey because Lilith can still take. Or actually, no. It, once you have the Volcar, I think your Lilith matchup improves a lot because the heavy you put forward can be spell warded, and then she can't remove it from range. So I might be totally wrong with that. Yeah, I, I, I do think that. Yeah, like it it becomes that the Sabrath um, Lilith matchup becomes a little a little dicey for sure. Um, like I said, especially with you have access to windstorm plus spell warding with jack plus having shield guards now 
yeah. you, you don't have yeah. before. Yeah, it makes it much more of a dicey proposition going splash, especially because now your heavy threat seventeen to nineteen inches. So you actually out threat the 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 Legion heavies in melee. I do think that that's gonna be I actually think depending on the build of Lilith though, Perdition's gonna be pretty hard to pick up off of her. Yeah, I mean if it's if it's the if it's just like the uh the beast heavy version of it, uh it becomes a little difficult. You have to change yeah. your options obviously with Sabrath, because you take second sight instead of like Windstorm or you, or instead of uh um Red line. Mm -hmm. Oh, you probably not. Yeah, yeah. And you probably never right? Oh, you probably have to drop uh, windstorm, and you just say red. You take uh, no. You probably still take that because probably red line and second sight and uh, windstorm is probably what you take. What I would take. I mean, IR is not bad, but I mean the fact that you still have spell warded um, jacks and you still have. Um, shield guards now, like IR isn't necessarily as needed in that matchup. Um, I thought it was real in the bull thrower, just mm -hmm. the push and the slam. IR uh, is like a real thing to have. Not to interrupt too much, but we are but, currently going for over two hours. Okay, yeah, we're, we're probably at two hours right now, yeah. so we can I mean, we can probably chop uh, a good amount of this just talk at the end. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah. But as soon hopefully, I'm gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, uh, let's just do the ending then, and uh, and that'll be that. So, uh, Eric, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on and for giving us a rundown of your games and of the brawl. Uh, and congrats again to you and Ryan uh, for and uh, the rest of the weasels. Uh, as as you said, Eric, we are now in the time of the weasel. Yes, I mean it's like I said, it was, a, it was a great event. Thanks for having me. I mean, it's had a lot of lot of fun. I always I always love talking shop. Obviously, on uh, you know either the podcast or just or just in, in general, you know, going to cons, talking to people. It's always a blast. You know, just talking talking about the game and and uh, especially Orgoth because you know it's it's really the faction I really enjoy playing and and uh, it's I think it's pretty heavily underrepresented um, right now in Mark Four. So yeah, that'll change. That definitely will change, um, but yeah, as of right now, it's definitely underrepresented. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you, Eric, for coming on here. Nate, thanks for joining. As usual, yeah. uh, you can find us on Discord, uh, the Facebook page, probably other places, uh, and we will talk to everybody again at some point in the future. Probably yeah. not six months from now. Sometime before then. <laughs> So, all right. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening.